Today on Across the Aisle, I'm joined by Mary Beth Seawald, the President and CEO of the Vegas Chamber, as well as Ann Silver, the CEO of the Chamber, which represents Reno and Sparks. We're going to talk about the business community's reaction to the COVID-19 crisis and what the Chambers are doing to help. Welcome to Across the Aisle. I am joined today by Ann Silver, the Chief Executive Officer of the Reno Sparks Chamber. And thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be with you this afternoon. Let's start with uh, the most breaking of news, um, and that is that Governor Sisolak uh, provided his update regarding the reopening of the Nevada economy yesterday. He specifically mentioned you and the Reno Sparks Chamber and the um, curbside commerce program you've been promoting. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, Several weeks ago, when it became clear that non-essential businesses comprised most of our members, Um, I became very concerned that they were without income and certainly willing and able to sell products but couldn't do so. So I did an initial draft of curbside commerce, continued to work on it. It ultimately reached the governor's office. He and I spoke several times about it. It was great to get his endorsement so that non-essential businesses can now reopen. Most, uh, Most can, with the exception of hair salons and nail techs but they can uh, sell sell their products online and then deliver them curbside to consumers' trunks or or truck beds. And uh, the transaction is done online, so there's no exchange of cash or credit card. And we uh, expect that both the customer and the employee will be masked. So we're excited about that program and I've already seen it operating as recently as this morning. That's great. Good to hear. It's good to good to see some business activity starting to rehappen. Um, Definitely. What, what what are you hearing from businesses? What are they telling you about what they've been dealing with over the past month and a half? Well, I think we all know that despite the uh, great advantages, for instance, of the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, It was absorbed pretty quickly. Uh, There were a number of businesses that probably were a little bit greedy in in seeking significant monies, and those were given back, or people shamed them into giving money back. But many of our businesses are still in the queue waiting, either because they didn't get to their lender fast enough, or their banking institution or lender actually ran out of the allocated funding. So now that there's been a second round, we're experiencing some of the same frustration with our members who are still waiting to see if their uh, request for paycheck protection will be, uh, will be provided. And uh, you know, all we can do is hope the best for them and guide them to other lending institutions, provide them with lists of lending institutions and see if they can get through. From a business owner's perspective, I've spoken to many who uh, more than anything are just sad, right? They're sad that they've had yeah. to lay, lay off employees, that uh, they're seeing um, you know, the, the struggles that their, their friends and colleagues are having. What do you tell them about the necessity of, this, of, of the steps that we've taken so far? Well, it's, it's never pleasant under any circumstances to have to lay off or furlough staff. And certainly we've listened to hundreds of businesses that have called to say, should I furlough an employee, which doesn't sever the relationship and allows the employers to still provide benefits and accrued uh, PTO time and implies that the individual will be brought back when the business opens. But a significant number of small business owners have done Um, layoffs and they've said goodbye to employees they may have worked with for years 
and have directed those employees or we've directed those employees to the unemployment insurance online portal where presumably they are working hard to uh, get unemployment insurance at least through the end of December with an increased amount of $600 added to what they might ordinarily be eligible for. But I would say from, from years as a, an HR professional, you know, it's one of the worst conversations you can ever have with someone is to let them know that for unforeseen reasons and reasons not of their own choosing, you can no longer employ them. We've heard a lot about what what the new normal is going to look like and we're thinking about how we're going to be able to go about re-entering our daily lives uh, on a go-forward basis here. What do you think the new normal entails for small business? Well, I, I think many small businesses have figured out they may be able to do with less employees or may be forced to deal with uh, or hire less employees just, to do, just due to their own financial restrictions or the cost of starting back up. You know, I think people think you just go back into the building and turn on the lights. For, but for many of our members, there are significant costs associated with starting up their businesses again. And so we, we may see them cutting back on the number of employees they utilize. We also think for many of our business operations that work out of offices, uh, they've learned to rely on Zoom and conference calls, and so we think the commercial real estate market will take a hit as people figure out that their employees can work from home, many of whom have now experienced that for two months and may actually prefer it. So I think there will be drastic changes in the workplace, not to mention the potential um, for workers' comp claims uh, pre presumptive liability, issues about bringing people back and what precautions you'll need to take as an employer in terms of safety and uh, occupational cleanliness, masks, uh, you know, hand rinsing stations, all sorts of things that I don't think we ever imagined before, but it, it takes us back to being little kids being told to wash your hands all the time. And I think the new normal will involve a great deal of hygiene that we weren't necessarily focused on. There's a great deal of discussion at the federal level, at least for the time being, probably at the state level, the not just the future over uh, liability protections for employers. Are you engaged in those discussions? We're not engaged. We've just gotten many questions, hundreds of questions about you know, will there be a waiver for liability? Is Congress willing to pass some sort of legislation for business? We've heard it at the state level as well. You know, I think our insurance commissioner and others are taking a look at whether that could happen. There are organizations asking for legislation that would automatically waive liability for employers. I don't know from a legal standpoint if that's even possible or doable, but certainly employers are are significantly concerned about their their liability if they bring people back too soon um, if they ask employees to be tested and there are no tests if they discriminate discriminate against a certain population of their employees you know do they presume that if you're old over a certain age you you might be more vulnerable and so therefore they don't bring you back or you um, might have an underlying condition and they ask you about it in violation of HIPAA, but it may be required that you notify them of that. So I think the legal landscape and the legal landmines uh, we have yet to really understand. Listening out, 
probably daily updates uh, from the chamber to your members on the distribution list. We, we think now is the most important time to be a member of the largest business organization in Northern Nevada, not just because we're sending out a daily briefing to over 6,500 email addresses, but because we see more and more businesses realizing that uh, our voice is a strong one. Uh, just for example, curbside commerce came out of this Chamber of Commerce, and we know that we're able to advocate so strongly on behalf of our members. Uh, we, we think that now more than ever is the time to join the Chamber. We have a special rate of $199 for a year, regardless of your size. And we've actually been experiencing an uplift in, in membership because people realize we have to support one another. We're all in this together, where, whether you're a large office, a small one-person business, or mom and pop shop, you know, businesses uh, need to align with the chambers so that we can reflect their concerns and prioritize their interests. I appreciate it. Anne, anything else you want to mention? No, I, I really appreciate the time you've given me, Ben. Thank you so much and stay safe and healthy. Thank you to you as well. That is Ann Silver, the Chief Executive Officer of the Reno Sparks Chamber, joining me today on Across the Aisle. I'm being joined by Mary Beth Seawall, the President and CEO of the Vegas Chamber. Mary Beth, thank you so much for coming on today. Well, thank you, Senator. I'm happy to be here. So we've been this economic shutdown for about a month and a half now. Uh, we heard finally a sort of reopening structure that the governor unveiled last night, uh, sort of the thought process that's going to go into how these um, businesses are going to be allowed to reopen. doesn't necessarily spell out who, when, and where, but it provides sort of the framework. What's your impression following the governor's announcement last night? Well, uh, you know, clearly his management has helped flatten the curve, and that was priority number one. Um, I think now we need to be as aggressive as is reasonable to get businesses back open and to get people back to work. That's the bottom line. Um, and I say aggressive as is reasonable. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a challenge. We have to, it's a line that we walk because we certainly don't want anyone else to get sick, but we have businesses out there that are closing daily. We're so mission driven and the chamber has been, focused, hyper-focused on helping our members and non-members alike um, to provide them with the resources they need. And so that's my sort of initial thing is, you know, we're at a place now where we can really open and get businesses back, um, you know, their doors back open and get people back to work. It is a fine line, right? We're, we're, we're straddling currently and trying to minimize the amount of damage that's, that's taking place in the economy due to um, those, those health considerations. Um, do, you, do you feel like we've straddled it just about appropriately at this point? Well, you know what? They didn't send a manual along with this uh, COVID-19. And so, I, you know, it's tough to say, and I guess it's easy for me to be an armchair quarterback. Um, yeah, I guess the governor did what he thought was best and did what he thought was right. Um, I know it's been challenging. Our members have been calling me day in and day out, desperate for information, desperate for resources to uh, make their payroll and to keep their doors open. Um, so, 
and we've been helping individuals one-on-one. -on -one. I will get on a call with Joe Amato from the Small Business Administration and connect him directly with our members. We've been doing that and the banks as well. And they've all been tremendously helpful. Everybody has, the, the one thing I would say about all this is the collaboration has been at an all time high. And, and so it, it's, it is a line you walk, like you said, and I think the more we can do to just expedite getting our businesses open in the safest manner possible, that's, that's what we have to do next. You, know, you have businesses both large and small uh, as members of the biggest chamber. Are they experiencing different types of problems? And, and what are the biggest issues that, uh, that your members are coming to you with at this point? You know, that's a great question. At the biggest chamber, about 85% of our membership is made up of small and medium-sized businesses. So that might surprise you um, because we do enjoy membership with all of the largest resorts in Las Vegas and Southern Nevada as well. And we do we also do have international members as well, um, like Turkish Airlines, for example. So the Vegas Chamber spans the entire globe. Um, to answer your question, you know, for the small businesses and medium size, they are experiencing a lot of the same types of issues as the larger companies are. Now it depends on the industry. You know, a, a restaurant is experiencing different challenges than, um, you know, a nail salon, for example, and a hair salon, because those guys can't open at all. And, and they're going to all have to look at their own individual business model to uh, work with now the counties and the cities uh, to come up with their best practices. And I know I just got off a call with Clark County Commission Chair Marilyn Kirkpatrick uh, the every every week, Senator, the Vegas Chamber convenes a statewide call with all of the statewide associations and chambers uh, across Nevada. And um, as you heard the governor say, Marilyn Kirkpatrick is working closely uh, in the next phase of this uh, reopen uh, with JJ Goykachia uh, and also um, uh, Dagny from NACO. Um, and so she was saying that her goal is to have all of the paperwork from all of the counties by this weekend and next week. And her goal is to commence phase one, hopefully next week, which I think is um, very optimistic, but if anybody could do it, I imagine Commissioner Kirkpatrick could. So I thought that was really interesting and I was really pleased to hear that, that's, that she is hyper-focused on getting business is open by next week. You know, one of the things that we've focused on a lot in the past decade has been the diversification of Nevada's economy. I'm trying to find new industries to come into the state. We've had some success on that front, but you know, ultimately, you know, Nevada's economy is, can, is going to continue to be driven by uh, the hospitality industry, which is dominated by the Las Vegas Strip in downtown Las Vegas. And um, you know, that is, there's, there's no surprise that when travel is stopped and people are ordered to stay at home, we're seeing the type of um, sort of personal and economic devastation that we're seeing right now. It's incredibly sad and difficult to watch. Are, are we seeing, are we learning any new lessons about, um, about this, what Nevada's economy is made of, what Clark County and Las Vegas's economy is made of? And are you, do you think there are public policy decisions that we're going to have to deal with in the, in the coming year um, as we look at how to um, reinvent ourselves again after something like this? 
You know, you're right, uh, Senator. There are several lessons I think we can say that we've learned from this. I mean, not the least of which is is that, you know, closing businesses ends jobs. <laughs> it doesn't take a rocket science scientists to figure that out. Jobs don't exist without healthy employers. Having said that, I had the um, pleasure of interviewing Jim Murren last week for uh, the biggest Chambers TV show called Like Nobody's Business. And he talked a lot, I asked him that question, he talked a lot about diversification. And he talked a lot about um, bringing new businesses, manufacturing companies into the entire state, not just Southern Nevada or Northern Nevada, but all of Nevada. So all of these supplies, we've been so dependent on getting all of these supplies from elsewhere. And um, his suggestion is that we look at diversif diversifying in that particular uh, industry. And I thought that was very wise. The other thing I would say is it's not just about diversifying business but diversifying the sources of taxes. Um, it's been the chamber's long held view that services should be added to the sales tax and the overall rate could be reduced, um, reforming the property tax, of course, that's been the chamber's um, mission of the chamber. So yeah, to your point, I would say diversification is probably at the top of our list and we could be very specific about the industries in which we diversify moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, you had mentioned the, um, the, the regularly occurring calls between all of the state um, associations and different um, industry groups and things like that. It occurs to me that um, now is probably um, a greater time than ever that those types of associations and chambers of commerce are showing their value um, by having industry-specific knowledge and providing um, information and intelligence when it's absolutely needed. Um, what are you experiencing in, in, in terms of reaching out to your members and um, what kind of feedback are you getting from them? The members are, are really, um, they're desperate for help uh, for the most part, and that's across the board. But you're right, we've been convening these calls every week. The chamber has been actually even prior to COVID-19. And we have everybody from, you know, the Trucking Association, Paul Enos, we have uh, Virginia from Resort Association, um, retail manufacturers, hospital association, medical society. So uh, we also, the Vegas Chamber has a partnership with the LBGEA, which um, I, I think is long overdue. And I would even go a step further, uh, Senator, to tell you that the collaboration extends north and south and to the rurals. Uh, we have, um, we've been doing a lot of um, calls, webinars with our, our rural and our small chambers, smaller businesses, because they have different needs than, for example, Las Vegas does, or Reno for that matter. And so I'm on regular calls with Mike Kazmierski from Edon, um, Ann Silver from the Reno Chamber, Carson City, all across our state. And um, it, it's really been helpful for all of us. Excellent. I, I really appreciate you taking some time to join me today. Is there anything else that I'm not asking about that you'd like to weigh in on? Well, I would like to tell you about two things that the chamber is doing, if that's okay. Absolutely. Well, so because we had so many people calling the Vegas chamber asking for information, they weren't necessarily chamber members. So, but you know, my mantra is we help everybody because as the water as the water rises, we all rise. And so um, I wanted to make sure that we were assisting people even if they're not a member. So what we've started to do at the Vegas Chamber is to give away free temporary memberships 
and they're free to anybody. Another really cool thing we're doing, Senator, is we, the Vegas Chamber put together a campaign with that's a partnership between SWITCH, the Las Vegas Metro Police Department's foundation, and a company called itson.me. And what that is, is you can go on to the Vegas Chamber website, you purchase a gift card, they treat it to a first responder. So you oh, can wow. support, yeah, you can help a business and you can thank a hero all at the same time. So we're really excited about that one. That's fabulous. It's uh, just goes to show you that there are um, new ways to new ways to help people always emerging, especially in a time of crisis. Yeah, it's called Switch to Kindness. Can people find information about that on your website? Yeah, at VegasChamber.com. Perfect. Mary Beth Seewald, the President and CEO of the Vegas Chamber, thank you so much for joining me today. All right, thank you, sir. This has been Across the Aisle with your host, Senator Ben Kiekefer. Stay up to date and join the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or sign up for the newsletter at BenForNevada.com.